0: You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Everybody received one of these worksheets tonight. All right, everybody received one. Everybody needs one. Uh, so, does anybody need one? Okay, right down here. Uh, does does everybody have a pen? Uh, does anybody need something to write with? Are we okay? All right, wow, praise the Lord. All right, Brother Marcos, do you need one of these? You need a pen. All right, let's see here. Got it? Okay, great. That works out. Okay, tonight is going to be a little bit of a different Bible study because tonight we have already gone through uh, the outline of prayer. And tonight we are... We are going to go beyond just having the outline. Tonight, we are going to develop a prayer list. You know, sometimes as we stop and we think about this thing of prayer, we will will stop and maybe we have our time. And then later we think, oh, I forgot to pray about this. And I didn't pray about this. Have you ever told somebody you'd pray about something and then they come back up and tell you and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I forgot to pray. Or you have a need and God was still good and you couldn't even say he answered my prayer because you didn't pray about it. Isn't it wonderful that we have a heavenly father that's good to us Even when we don't even ask Him for things. And so tonight, I think a lot of of struggle that we have isn't the fact that we don't want to pray, because I believe we do. I think the struggle is that, what am I going to say next? I hope the pastor doesn't call on me to pray. What will I say you know, when we think about this thing called prayer, prayer is asking. Prayer, prayer is communication. They would, the lawyers would say, I pray the court or I ask the court. You know, when a lawyer comes in and goes to present a case before a judge or a jury, they don't just get up and fling it. They don't just sort of hope they think of everything right. No, they build their case before they ever go before the judge. You and I, we have a great opportunity to go into the presence of God. And going into the presence of God, should not, it should not be that we are just careless now, our kids will come up to us and they're, and they will start talking to us, you know, and they don't need We get it? All right. Would you like me to answer it? No, OK. All right, so uh, we, we, uh, uh, the kids will come up and you're talking to somebody and, I mean, they just start talking and you're like, hey, hey, I'm talking to somebody and they just keep on going. Uh, they have no inhibitions about coming and talking to you. You know what? God doesn't have inhibitions about us coming and talking to Him. He isn't too busy for us. But at the same time, If we are going to ask God to listen, shouldn't we prepare for that meeting? People that are in the business world and they've got business meetings going on, they will enter into that meeting having prepared before they ever step into that meeting. And we come before God, and if we will prepare for coming into God's presence, that time will be so much better. So tonight, use your Bible, let's look at it together. Luke chapter number 11 and verse number 1. Luke chapter 11, and I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, We are a little bit behind tonight on time. Luke 11 and verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, when ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil and he said unto them which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him friend lend me three loaves for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me and i have nothing to set before him and he from within shall answer and say trouble me not the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed i cannot arise and give thee i say unto you though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend Yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he uh, give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he, for a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them, that ask him and so tonight we're going to be looking at this uh, area of how to pray and we'll be looking at a prayer list and so let's pray together father we pray that now you would uh, help all of us uh, Lord myself included I pray that as we come before you that Lord we would uh, prepare our minds our hearts I pray that you would help us to develop a relationship uh, with you that you have desired And Lord, as each of us who are parents, we have a a desire to be close to our children. Uh, Lord, you're the one that uh, taught on this thing called prayer. And you want us to be close to you. And so I pray that you would just help all of us uh, to grow in this area, please. For Christ's sake, amen. So last week, we looked at the outline. Now, when we talk about prayer, uh, oftentimes we'll we'll say uh, the, this is uh, the Lord's Prayer, uh, but this isn't the Lord's Prayer. The Lord did not pray this. Uh, he was asked by his disciples, they said, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught, also taught his disciples. And so as Jesus was communicating with them, the disciples here in these 13 verses he is communicating to them uh, responding to the question that they had asked Lord, teach us to pray. And so here is an outline that he gives us on how to pray. Now, there's been a lot of different uh, outlines given. I've preached on this many different ways and uh, just pointing out the different things that we see in this uh, model prayer. Uh, But I like to alliterate, and I saw this uh, outline here, uh, and we gave that outline this last week, and you have that there inside your notes. Uh, And each one of, these uh, all begin with a P so if you're watching online uh, there's also on the church website uh, the PDF so you can download this uh, and use this as well Uh, but uh, here we we looked at uh, these different uh, seven different points about prayer the first one was praise Uh, the second one was pleasure Uh, uh, thy will be done Uh, the provision penitence uh, protection people and for power so these seven areas so just give us some basic points of what is highlighted when the Lord said, these are the things I want you to pray about. So he, the disciple said, Lord, teach us to pray. And the Lord said, okay, this is what I, how I want you to pray. These aren't the words that I want you to pray. This isn't something that we just quote back and say that we prayed uh, this prayer. That's not what prayer is. Prayer isn't just reading a script. Uh, prayer is communication. It's talking. And so, these seven areas give us some basic points about prayer uh, when uh, we come before the Lord. Now, of course, we know with prayer that it is expected for us to pray. It is expected. The Lord expects us to pray. Uh, he said that in verse number two, he said, he said unto them, when ye pray. So, the expectation was that believers were going to pray. It wasn't... A just an idea that some people would pray or uh, that it was completely optional. It was the expectation was that they were going to pray. When ye pray, say. And so he goes through that outline. Uh, we also know that there are things uh, in the word of God, we know we're supposed to pray, but we know that there are some other areas about prayer that we're not supposed to do. Some things that are not supposed to be a part of our prayers. Uh, and so before we get into the outline tonight, I want to just sort of hit some of these, because I think knowing what we shouldn't do helps give us the boundaries of what we should do. You know, you go bowling, and maybe you, you don't have to worry about this, but when I bowl, uh, I I will go to the left, and I will go to the right, and seldom will I go down the middle. Uh, And we would take the kids bowling when they were younger, and they had these wonderful inventions called bumpers and they would pull those out, and they would block out the gutters, and so the ball would go to the one side, and it would just bounce it right back into the middle, and and it was amazing uh, that the ball would get to the other end. Sometimes you could stop as the kids would bowl, and they'd, they'd throw the ball down, and you could watch it, and they were excited. They're jumping up and down, and you could stop and go get a Coke and finish the Coke before the ball ever got to the end of the aisle, uh, But uh, but it finally got there because the the bumpers kept the ball in the lane. You know, uh, the, the things that we're not supposed to do, they are not against us. They are to help keep us where we're supposed to be. Uh, when, we, when we look at rules and we look at principles and we look at the thou shalt nots in the Bible, uh, those things are not to injure us. They're not trying to keep us from having fun. They are trying to keep us from ending up in a gutter. And, and I'm thankful for them. So as we think about this area of prayer, what are some things that are, are taboo in this, in this time of prayer? Uh, take your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 5. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 5. Uh, the Bible tells us, When thou prayest, Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Now, this is not talking about that we should not have corporate prayer. Uh, having the men come and pray tonight, that was, that was not something that was taboo in the Bible. What he's talking about is hypocritical prayer. He is, he is talking about uh, being hypocrites. Uh, they, their purpose wasn't to communicate with God. Their purpose was to draw attention to themselves. Uh, they, were, they were the ones that were standing there trying to get everybody to say, Hey, do you see me? Uh, hey, you, you hear how spiritual I am? Uh, you hear uh, how, many, uh, how many wonderful words that I used in my prayer tonight? Uh, and when that is the, the mentality, you see, prayer is not trying to impress God. He knows more words than you and I know. And he actually knows what they mean. It's amazing sometimes you hear people pray. And, I, and I'm not against using theological words in our prayers. But if you don't know what they mean, you probably shouldn't use them. Are we just using those words so we sound better? You see, hypocritical prayer is not what God wants. He's not trying to get us to impress each other. Because it definitely doesn't impress him. He knows. He knows exactly. Isn't it amazing sometimes when we pray, I, and I find myself, sometimes when I'm, I'm praying, I try to tell God what God already knows. Or I try to, to tell God that I am what I'm supposed to be when I'm really not. You know this transparency? There isn't anything that God doesn't see. You know, parents, you've got that, ev- that eye, not evil eye, but you've got that eye. Moms, you've got that eye. The kids can be all the way on the other side of the auditorium or across the parking lot and you, you see something, and they look over, and they see your eyes. Oops, and all of a sudden, everything changes. You know, God knows. Our prayers, it isn't, we're not trying to impress anybody. Hypocritical prayers, those will lead us to a gutter. God says, I don't want that. Our prayer should not be hypocritical. Go to James chapter number four. James chapter number four. And as we look into James, we find that there are some other things that when we pray, these are some things that shouldn't be a part of our prayer life. These shouldn't be the the focus in our prayer. So our prayer shouldn't be hypocritical. Our prayers next, James chapter four, verse number three. He says, "Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts." Now, that word lust isn't just talking about uh, sensual desires. He is talking about just the passions of our flesh our own personal desires. And so what do we find here? Our, our prayers shouldn't be hypocritical, but our prayers should not be selfish and greedy. When we look here, out of all of the prayer, the only thing that we ask for ourselves is give us day by day our daily bread, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So it's provision and protection. Now let's be honest. How much of our prayer time is consumed on what we want? And then we wonder why we don't get our prayers answered. And the Lord says, you have not because you ask not, or that you ask amiss. So it's either the absence of prayer, or it's that the prayer is selfish. Now, God is not, God is not such a God that He doesn't want us to ask Him for things. Ch- you want your children to ask you for things. You want, the, you want to be able to give them the things that they need. Uh, God is a good God. He's a gracious God. But when we look at this, uh, we shouldn't just be focusing only on ourselves. So uh, these aren't in your notes. So this is all just extra, all right? Uh, so we might even actually get to point number one at some point tonight. Uh, so number one, we have the hypocritical. Our prayers should not be hypocritical. Number two, our prayers should not be greedy or selfish. Number three, our, uh, our prayers, if we are going to come and we are going to pray to God we cannot be unforgiving. We cannot be unforgiving. Luke chapter number 11, and verse number 4, he said, And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Now, that is what the Lord told the disciples that they were supposed to pray. What was he saying? You can't be unforgiving. And expect me to answer your prayers. He said, well, pastor, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what she said. You don't know what they did. Let's see, the Lord is the one that was saying that. I think he knows something about forgiveness. As he had his beard ripped from his face. As he had a cat of nine tails across his back. As he had nails in his hands and in his feet. As the Savior went through all of that for us. And what did he say on the cross? Father, forgive them. You know, when it comes to this thing about coming to the Lord and really developing that relationship, We can't be unforgiving. You say, well, that person doesn't want to forgive or doesn't want to get it right. That has nothing to do with what somebody else does. What's your heart? Where, Where are you at? this thing about forgiveness, there's some boundaries that the Lord has set up in this thing about our prayers so he doesn't want us to be uh, unforgiving, and he doesn't want us to be greedy or selfish, and he doesn't want us to be hypocritical look at that, now we are going to actually get to the outline here alright, so what we find in the Bible, uh, he said uh, that we are to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts uh, with praise, uh, Psalm 100 in verse number four. So with this, we know that we need to praise God. Now, I'm going to give you some things that I want you to write down, or maybe this time, I want you to think about things that you can praise God about. And I want you to write them down. Because as we are thinking about our prayer list, if we are going to come before the Lord and we are going to pray, and he says that we are to enter into his uh, gates with thanksgiving, and then into his courts with praise, that means now that I need to be able to praise him. I've got to know what to praise him for. Now, some of you are already writing. And, and that's fine. That's good. But, but let me, as, as you are writing, and, and this tonight, what we're working on, uh, we're not trying to get through a message. Tonight, I want to help you develop a prayer list. I want to help you to be able to to lay out some things that you could stop and you could look through this and you could come before God and you could begin to pray and enter into his presence and knowing that you are praying according to his will because these are the things that he said I want you to pray about. And then you would know what to say. And so, so we know that we're to praise Him. Now, I'm going to give you some, some verses. Uh, when we think about praise, uh, we're talking about the attributes of God. We're talking about the traits that God has. Uh, so what are some things? Uh, on my prayer list, all of these verses are on my prayer list, so I'm just going to share uh, some things that are on my prayer list. I praise Him, uh, number one, for His majesty. His majesty. Uh, Psalm 96 6. Honor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. God is an amazing God. And, and the majesty of God, the grandeur of God, uh, we praise Him for that. We can praise Him for His glory. Psalm 138 and verse number 5. Uh, so maybe just jot down some references here. Uh, his glory. Psalm 138 5. Yea, they shall sing in the Ways of the Lord. For great is is the glory of the Lord. Uh, we can praise Him for His Majesty. We can praise Him for His glory. We can praise Him for His Excellency. His Excellency. Exodus fifteen. And verse number seven, and in the greatness of thine excellency thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou settest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. So his excellency, we can praise him. Uh, Exodus 15, 7. His greatness. Are these coming up? There you go. Look at that. Okay. Uh, His greatness. Psalm 145 and verse number 3. And these are just things to prompt you. And and I'm not saying that you have to pray uh, and praise the Lord for all these things, but these are things that God in His Word said that uh, He showed how great He is. And so when we want to praise Him, knowing what what he, He recorded in His Word as being praiseworthy, uh, we can see that this is something that we can praise Him. Uh, We praise Him for His greatness, Psalm 145 and verse 3. Uh, Then uh, with that, Psalm 48, 1, Uh, and then uh, Psalm 48, 2, Uh, just so many verses about praising uh, God, His greatness. I pray we praise Him for His love, for His love. Aren't you glad that God loves you? That's amazing to stop and think. I was doing a ride-along. I've done several ride-alongs with our police officers. And and as I go, uh, uh, last night I was uh, uh, doing some ride-alongs and, uh, and ended up at the hospital with some and uh, the jail with others. And, and you know, you, you start working through. There are people in this world that to us, we would not think that they are lovable. But to God, everybody is lovable. Because God is love. There may be people in this world that you don't have a connection with, and maybe there's an averseness. Adver- But God is love, and He loves us. In that while you are yet sinners, Christ died for us? I mean, it's pretty amazing. So, His love. Let me give you just a couple verses to jot down. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. 1 John 4, verse 7 and 8, uh, beloved, let us what love one another, for love is of god uh second corinthians 5 14 for the love of christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all then we're all dead uh, so we can praise him for his love so many verses on the love of god uh, but we can praise him for his love we can praise him for his mercy his mercy you know you think about the mercy of god uh we often in the new testament we mention god's grace And we are in an age of grace, yes. But the only reason that there is grace is because there is mercy that precedes grace. And without the mercy of God, there would be no grace. So, mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve, it is God withholding that judgment. You and I are sinners, we deserve judgment. Uh, God, in His mercy, He withheld that judgment. Praise the Lord. And in place of that, uh, He gives us what we don't deserve, and that's called grace. Uh, so His mercy, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy uh, uh, for His great love, where, wherein uh, wherewith He loved us. Hebrews four sixteen. let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we find His mercy, we can praise Him for His mercy, we can praise Him for His grace. His grace. Titus 2.11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. James 4.6, uh, 6, But He giveth more grace wherewith He saith, or for He saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Ephesians 2.8, uh, 1 Corinthians 15.10, uh, Hebrews 4.16, 1 uh, uh, Peter 4.10, do you need me to back up on a few of those? Alright, uh, let's see. Ephesians 2.8. Ephesians 2.8. Ephesians 2.8. 1 Corinthians 15.10. 1 Corinthians 15.10. Hebrews 4.16. Hebrews 4.16. 1 Peter 4.10. 1 Peter 4:10 All right, we're not going to get to number 7. <laughs> All right. So, so with this, this is just we're just praising the Lord. Now, you just stop and think about this. You can double your prayer time right here. I mean, we we want to pray. But so often it's just Lord, I'm just not sure where to go and what's next. But you start thinking about how good God is, you know what you're going to find out? That you're going to come up with a whole lot more than what I just gave you, all on your own. And it won't be just, well, Brother Matthew was putting together the slideshow and he was, he was making this thing up and he was like, well, Pastor, you want me to just put all these verses in? I said, no, I want them to make their own prayer list. I don't want to just give you a template and give you all these things so you just look at it and say, oh, yeah. It's different when it's yours. It's got to be personal. And we start praising the Lord, you know what that'll do for your soul? You know what, right now, is plaguing our nation? It's apathy in the church. The worst part of what's going on is not COVID-19. The worst part of what's going on is not the the division in the political realm. It's not the race uh, problems that we're facing and the social injustice. Those aren't the biggest problems. The problems are God's people are apathetic about the things of God. Uh, You and I are put here for a purpose. We are supposed to be fulfilling His kingdom. We're supposed to be praising Him, honoring Him, uh, bringing His kingdom to pass. And we are so busy with our own world, our own stuff. And we start to praise God, it will change your heart. You know what you'll find when you start praising the Lord? The songs we sing are going to all of a sudden come alive. It's true. We start praising the Lord. All of a sudden, you start hearing the truths, the doctrine that are in the songs. You start listening to messages, and it doesn't matter who's preaching the message. It can be me. It can be Brother Jordan or Brother David. It could be little Bo Peep. It really doesn't matter. If it is the Word of God, it will change your life. It really has to do with who we are. And what, are, what we are looking for. And here we come to this. God says, listen, you've got to begin with this thing called praise. Praise. Secondly, pleasure. Pleasure. So when we look at pleasure, the Lord said, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. The, thy kingdom come was referencing the... The return of the Savior, the second coming. When he is going to set up his kingdom down here on this earth. When he is going to rule and reign a righteous judgment. And here, what he he was saying is that we need to be looking for the coming of God's kingdom, the coming of this world being in his control. And you know what that does? That's saying that he is leading. He is running everything. His pleasure, not our pleasure. You know, God didn't make us so we could have fun. God made us so he could have fun. Did you ever have those little green army men when you're growing up? Man, those poor army men. I shot them. I blew them up. I'd take gunpowder and blow them up. Uh, I'd throw them in gasoline and burn them. I mean, I was just, they, uh, they got... My goal was just, I was having all kinds of fun. I could really care less about the little army, men. It was just cool what to see I could do with them. I don't know. You know, God made all of us not just so we could have our own realm. God made us to bring glory and honor to him. Revelation 4.11 tells us that all things were made by Him, and for His good pleasure they are and were created. We were created for God's good pleasure. So, a couple verses here. We think about pleasure. Uh, take your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter number 9. Matthew chapter 9. Now, when we want to talk about the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew chapter 9 we find out what the Lord wants us to pray about. He he tells us a prayer request that He has. So Matthew chapter number 9, and let's look at verse 36. Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 36. The Bible says, But when He saw the multitudes, He was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. You know what the Lord is concerned about? He's concerned about the harvest. He's concerned about the people who are wandering as sheep having no shepherd. He's, he's concerned about their condition. He's concerned about them being lost and undone. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Go back just a couple... Uh, verses there, or chapters, Matthew chapter 6, and look with me at verse number 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, if we back up, and we're not going to go there tonight, but if we back up, uh, we see that the Gentiles were concerned with uh, what ye shall eat and what ye shall drink, and wherewithal ye shall be clothed. All right. So it's talking about all of the earthly possessions and all of the provisions that are necessary for sustenance, for living. And here he said, those aren't the things that we are supposed to be seeking. How, How much of our time is consumed with just surviving? Think about it. How much of our time is consumed? with the kingdom of God. That's sobering. But seek ye third, seek ye second, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. We've got it backwards. We think we should seek our family first and then God with our leftovers. I just got quiet. Now, I understand that you have a 40-hour, 50, 60-hour work week. I understand that. And I'm not and I'm not trying to make a parallel with how much time you are seeking God's kingdom versus your just living life. But are we seeking Him first? Or are well the kids are having fun. Are we seeking him first? Or are we just adding him in here and there? Nobody can answer that for you but you. But there, if we are not gonna have apathy, there has to be honesty. You know, honesty with ourselves. We can't grow when we deceive ourselves. There are great people that are filling churches, faithful in church, but are consumed with their life, but still go to church. I'm not talking about living a wicked lifestyle. I'm not... They're good, moral, faithful people but really aren't seeking His kingdom. We can seek our own kingdom pretty easily. And that's where when it comes to this thing about prayer, if we're going to come before God... Who knows everything, we won't come into his presence often if we don't come honest. Because when we come into his presence, we know it's not real, we know there's some things missing. None of us can say that everything's right when we come into God's presence. There's nothing that he deals with. I'm not talking about perfection. But when we are truly not seeking him first, there is a wall that's there. We know it. And breaking that wall down will only happen when we're honest. So here he says, I want you to praise me. But then he says that his pleasure, what was it that the Lord prayed in the garden of Gethsemane? Not my will, but thine be done. You see, God's will is what we should be seeking in our lives. So uh, in Uh, In this, we see, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So whose kingdom are we building? Whose kingdom are we interested in? Whose kingdom are we investing in? And, And just... Uh, seeking Him first when we we stop and say, Lord, I, I really want You to be first in my life. And we desire and we are we are trying to develop that relationship to where we are putting Him first in our life and we are putting ourselves uh, back on the not in the front of the, the seat. We're, we're letting God be first. What we'll find is He will start changing our heart. So it comes with Beginning in praise, but then seeking his pleasure. Now, we've got one week left in this three-week series. Now, I'm going to give you some homework. I want you to just spend some time praying and praising the Lord. I'm going to give you homework try to praise God for five minutes without asking for anything. Now, it sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? But what you'll find is when I was challenged to do that same thing, how easy it is as soon as we start talking to God to start asking for stuff. So, let's try to praise God this week for five minutes without asking for anything. And then I want you to start going through this prayer list and asking Him to help you put things down in these areas. Now, we'll go through the rest of these next week. I don't know how. But we'll finish this up. Don't just put this, ladies, don't just put this in your purse. What goes into a lady's purse is never found again. Guys, you put this in your Bible, it's the same thing. You end up carrying it and it just falls out somewhere else. But let's let's take this and let's start asking the Lord. Teach us to pray. Luke chapter 11. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, Father, I pray that you'd work in, in our hearts, Lord, my life. I pray that you'd help all of us, Lord, to, to pray and to spend more time with you. I pray that you'd grow us in our life and in our walk. And, Lord, help us to, to sense and to see you working in a very real way in our lives. We, we thank you that you're a God that wants to hear from us. And now I pray that you would help us, help us to grow in this area of prayer. And as I look around, I see people that have been saved for decades and many that could teach this a lesson and, and who could teach us about prayer. But Lord, all of us can grow. And I pray that that would be the case. So from the, the youngest Christian, Lord, to the most faithful uh, saint that has been saved for decades, I pray that all of us would spend more time with you this week. In this area of prayer heads bowed eyes closed we're not going to have an open invitation but somewhere along the line say pastor the Lord spoke to my heart there's something that I'm gonna do in my prayer life God put his finger on something and this week I'm gonna work on that And you say that's me pastor just lift your hand up praise the Lord thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed our service if you would like to hear more visit our website at bbc 4 me Dot .org that's bbc the number 4 me.org may god bless you